Welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. I love being at church. It excites me. There's something about it when you get into this, 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 this setting when we can come together and it's just so powerful and electrifying and, and, and I love what the Lord is doing uh, in his church right now. Uh, this is such a season that we're in. Um, how, how many of you had the opportunity to be with us last week in our Sunday uh, morning and Sunday evening services? Weren't they awesome? And almost 30 people gave their life to Christ last Sunday. Come on, if that's not what we're here for, that's what it's all about. And I, um, I, I celebrate the ministry uh, gift and, and the anointing of what, you know, the Lord did through Pastor Ted as he shared last week and as he ministered. And it was, it was awesome. It was so powerful. Um, I, I was... I think I was more thrilled and excited when we came back in Sunday night and having everybody together and, and seeing the prayer line <laughs> wrapped from wall to wall. And I'll tell you what, man, Pastor, you were on a mission. I mean, I had never seen, like, somebody that was taking ground. I mean, you were talking about that church um, that, that's over in Africa that's, what, a mile, mile and a half? 1.8 by 1.8 miles, he talked about this church, and he was talking about... Man, if you feel like the Lord has pressed on you to give your life to him, man, you better be in shape because if you're at the back of a one-and-a-half-mile auditorium, I'll tell you what, you're going to send your Fitbit into overdrive. Every Apple ring is going to close up on that watch, man, I'll tell you. But, uh, but it, it was so great last week, um, and so I celebrate that. And again, we're, we're at a fantastic time right now. We're getting ready, by the way, um, to transition into the Christmas season okay pastor when are you going to give the word we're getting there we're getting there but we're in a season man christmas is getting ready to kick up we got thanksgiving this week how many of you are already thawing your turkeys out all right our house is thawing our turkeys out How many of y'all ready for some side dishes? Some corn? No? We love corn. Them golden knobs, they got the juice. <laughs> we love <laughs> sweet potatoes, mashed potatoes, greens, beans, hams. I'm not doing it. You know it. Can't believe Thanksgiving's already here. I love it. Somebody that's new here this morning is, what kind of church did you bring me to? They were so loud in worship, and then they just started talking about food. What is going on in this place this morning? No, I, I love, I love where we're, what, what the Lord's doing right now, and as we're getting ready to posture ourselves to go into the, to the Christmas season, and, 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 I, and, I, and I say these things because it's amazing to see how the Lord has accelerated through this year. Uh, today, including this Sunday, is one of six Sundays that it's left in the year. And um, when you look at it from, from that point of view, you know, you, you tend to start taking inventory 
uh, of where you are and the things that either you've accomplished this year or the things that you've been able to um, uh, take ownership of. And, 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 and I want to I give hope to some people that there's still six weeks, which means there's still more ground to take. And so as we're transitioning and going into this last part of the year, um, yes, we've got some great things that's going on uh, in the church. Next month, we're going to do a, a series on joy. Uh, how many of you know that God wants us to finish this year with joy? Acts 20, 24, the Apostle Paul, he writes and he says this, is that my only aim is to finish this race with joy. So I encourage you, it's not how you start it, it's how you finish. And maybe you came out of the gate a little slow this year, but I declare and believe that this year we're going to finish with joy. It's time that Christians get their joy back. I'll tell you, man, last night I had a laugh so hard because, man, the enemy was trying to take my joy just as I was all prepared and, and, and prayed up and, and ready to go. My neighbor thought that they were going to throw a party. And um, they thought karaoke would be the way to enjoy the night until 1 a.m. Yeah, and, um, uh, you know, it was all good. And then all of a sudden we realized that they were trying to sing Whitney Houston and um, no one was on key. Either they had a bad voice or they, we'll just leave it there. It was, it was a pretty turned up party. And we tried to take my joy last night. I said, no, Lord, <laughs> I'm going to enter into this day with joy. Um, but God wants us to finish and conclude this year with joy. You know, that's one of the things is oftentimes, you know, we can be so driven for a lot of different things. But I think we need to remember that the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy. And so while you're contending to experience many different things that you're believing for God to do, you need to be reminded that joy is one of those things that's found within seeking the kingdom. God wants you to have joy. Tell somebody joy. And so uh, as we get into the month of December, we're going to talk about that, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. We're going to finish this year with joy. We've got some great things that's coming up, by the way. I want to encourage you that um, we've got some special services that, that, that are going to be kicking off throughout the month of December. Uh, the first of which is we've got first Wednesday uh, in December, which is going to be our vision night. And for many of you that, that know already that we prepare to receive the word from God on New Year's Eve night, Vision Night is our first look at what the Lord's been speaking to the house. And so I just want to stir you up that coming up on that Wednesday night, we're going to be preparing uh, to begin to look into what God uh, is revealing, what God's showing, and what God's speaking uh, for the upcoming year. So you don't want to miss that 7 p.m. first Wednesday. Uh, and we, we're so excited about what the Lord's going to do. Um, of course, we got Christmas Eve. We got New Year's Eve, we got special services. You say, why are you sharing all this right now? Because this is the season that people are looking for an answer. And you have an answer. You are an answer, by the way. And this is the season that we should be more aggressive inviting people to church, bringing people to a place that they can encounter the goodness of God and the love of God. Listen, even if I don't even preach a message today, if I just hang out right on that, you are called to be salt and you are called to be light. You are called to reach your world with life. It's so important to understand that as salt and as light that you set the atmosphere that you step into. 
A few weeks ago, um, we were getting an early jump on setting up our Christmas decorations in our house. And we had our tree up and we had some other things that were out. But it wasn't until we turned the lights on in our house that, that my wife turned to me and she said, it feels like Christmas. Why is that? Because lights set the atmosphere for us to feel what we wanted to feel. And so when you understand that you've got the light of Christ, when you set the atmosphere, it will cause people to feel the love of God and the presence of God. You are a light. And so in this season, it is so imperative that we don't just get so focused on the, 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 the me season of Christmas. It's a season to give. It's a season to sow. It's a season to release. It's a season to reach people more than ever. And so I want to charge you up, church, as we are stepping in to, to, to these uh, last several Sundays and, and these moments that we're gathering together as church family, as the body of Christ, this is the time that we need to invite people to church like we've never invited before. In fact, when you came in this morning, you were all handed these cards that have the Christmas uh, uh, times and the different special services that we have going on. Don't just take that and put it on your refrigerator next to your family photo from like 1995. Okay, take that and give it to somebody. And if you want to be like cool and digital about it, just take a picture of it on your phone and then send it out to everybody that's in your group message, your group me, your WhatsApp, whatever way that you get tangled up in a long conversation with people that you wish you weren't in conversation with. That's how I feel about group texting. Put it out in the group text message. Get it out there. Invite somebody. Church, I'm telling you, this is a season that God's doing something in his church right now. He's doing something in his church right now. I'm trying to stir up your hearts today. I'm trying to stir up your hearts today because we got six weeks left starting today. Starting today. And I want to speak from that. Normally I would take a sermon like I'm getting ready to communicate and I would share it coming up towards the last two weeks of the year or something like that, but the Lord really pressed on my heart today to speak to you from a subject line, release what remains. Release what remains. Release what remains. What is left inside of you, the Lord wants to get on the outside of you. If I'm reminded by the word of the Lord that was spoken going into this year, our bishop said this, if you have something that you're going to give, you need to give it. If you have something that you're going to sow, you need to sow it. If it's a kind word, you need to speak it. If it's a kind gesture, you need to do it. If it's something that you need to bless somebody with, you need to bless them with it. But now is the time that you need to release what remains because we need to get every seed in the ground because it is about to come to a hundredfold as we finish off this year with joy. So the Lord put this on my heart to speak to you today from this subject line, release what remains. Before I came out this morning, uh, we were kind of talking in the back, and, um, and, and this scripture came up, and, and, and this is not going to be what I'm going to speak from, but I'm going to use this to, to, to set us up. Lord brought me to the, uh, uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, verse 9, where it says, Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor either entered into the heart the things that God has prepared. Somebody say things. God has prepared some things for you, good things, great things, not average things, not get-me-by things, not, not things that scratch the itch. God wants to do exceedingly and abundantly above all you can ask or think, so the things that he has prepared for you, they're pretty good, amen? 
But here's the thing. A lot of times when we hear the scripture, we get so focused on exerting our faith towards the things that we forget the first part. The Bible says this, that eye has not seen and ear has not heard, nor entered the heart of man the things. In other words, what I want to tell you today is that we need fresh revelation from God if we want to see the manifestation of God. We need fresh revelation. He's not saying that you can't see it. He's not saying that you'll never be able to hear it. And he's not saying it won't ever enter into your heart. But the Bible says that his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. Again, it doesn't mean that we can't have the mind of God and it doesn't mean that we can't operate how Jesus did. Or else in the book of John, that would have been void when he said, as he is, so are we. But the reality is this, when we can be renewed and we can be refreshed in the word of God, now we can have the mind of God. Now we can have the fresh revelation of God so that we can see, we can perceive, we can now be able to begin to step into the unseen and begin to bring it into the seen. And so there's some things that God wants to do in your life, but until we come before the Lord and we say, God, I need fresh revelation. Lord, I need you to speak to my heart right now. I need to be in your word more now than ever. Uh, we were talking about this the other day. Me, me and Pastor Ted, we were having uh, breakfast the other day, and we were saying, uh, talking about this, this scripture about uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 says this, is that uh, husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church. And then it goes on and it, and it says that uh, we need to sanctify her, or that Jesus has sanctified the church. And that we need to, 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 to wash by the renewing of the word. And then he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. And we preach that like someday God's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. Spot or wrinkle is right here and is right now. Why? Because it says he's coming back for a church that's sanctified, one that's setting apart. Are we not trying to set us our, ourselves apart every day? My Bible says I'm not to look like the world or to act like the world. I need to renew my mind. I need to be washed by the word. And so the Lord right now is in a season that he is washing, he's renewing, he is sanctifying, which means, I, God, I need fresh revelation so that I can look more like you, I can reflect you, I can be more like you. God is doing a work in his church right now. And it excites me because I believe we're getting ready to step into a season that is going to accelerate very, very quickly. Very, very quickly. It's going to be a transformative year that we're getting ready to step into, where God's going to be moving quickly, where, again, things that seem like it was going to take years will take months, and months will take weeks, and weeks will take days, and days will take hours. But here's the thing. If you want to see the new wine come in, you got to let the current wine flow out. You have to release what remains. And some of us, we're in a season that we feel like i got to hold on to what I have. And God's saying, this is not a time to hold on. This is a time to let go. Your miracle is on the other side of what's difficult. If you do the difficult, God will do the impossible. Your miracle's on the other side of it. So that means I can't sit here, as we heard last week, and wait till I die. God is doing something, so I got to get up, I got to get out, and I got to get into this thing because I'm not going to miss what the Lord wants to do in my life. 
I'm not going to miss what the Lord wants to do in my family. I'm not going to miss what the Lord wants to do in our church. Listen, I'm speaking for those that have ears to hear. This is a season right now that you can't afford to sit on the sidelines. You can't afford to play the victim mindset. You can't afford to be lazy. You can't afford to make excuses. You need to excuse the excuses and get up and get out and begin to say, God, if you can use anything, use me right now. Somebody say, release what remains. I want you to turn with me this morning to 1 Kings chapter 17. I want to take a look at a story today. And I just want to give you a few thoughts. We're going to talk about it. And, uh, and, and, and I believe that the word that the Lord has for us today will, will begin to stir up our hearts. First uh, Kings chapter 17, we're going to pick up uh, in verse 8 this morning. I did a message last month uh, that I titled, um, The Ravens in the Ravine. Anybody remember that message that we did? This is really almost like a second part to it. I didn't plan for it that way. Um, but it's really like a second part to it. And so I want to get into this this morning. Um, last month as we talked about the, uh, that passage, um, we talked about how Elijah... Uh, he had a word from the Lord that he began to speak because the nation of Israel wasn't walking in obedience to God. And so as Elijah made this, this, this statement, he spoke this word, he said, for three and a half years the heavens will lock up and no rain shall fall. Now let me tell you, if you got a word from the Lord that strong and you speak that out, you better believe that you are on the top of the most wanted list It caused famine. It caused drought. The economic system was based off the ecosystem. Everything was shut up. And so the Lord brought him away to an area that was called the Karith Ravine. Somebody say Karith. Like how I elevated that? Karith. It means the cutting place. It means the cutting place. And the Lord got Elijah to this place that, 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 that he could get alone. It was a secret place so that the Lord could begin to renew him. And as he was alone in this secret place, this cutting place, and oftentimes the secret place is the place where God wants to cut out what does not belong. Anytime you get into the presence of God, you ever come into church some days feeling heavy, feeling overwhelmed, feeling like, well, I don't even want to be at church today. I'd rather be at home doing the online thing. But the reality is, is that you felt a pull, a tug from God that you needed to get here, that no matter what, come hell or high water or one little drop of rain because we live in South Florida and that's a reason to not come to church, you're here today, bless God. I love it. One drop of rain is like how we take that is like the equivalent to like 10 inches of snow in Buffalo. I got to stand, guys. I can't do this today. I thought, I, I don't know. And so you come into the presence of God, and all of a sudden, all those things begin to melt away. All those heaviness begin to fall off. All of those distractions, all of those things. And all of a sudden, you find yourself in this place before the Lord where all that God can begin to deal with your heart. He can give you a fresh revelatory word. He can give you direction and wisdom. Isn't that, isn't that what happens when we come into this kind of setting today and then we leave from here and we feel completely renewed, washed by his word, ready 
to go reach our world with life. And so this is what was going on with Elijah is he was in this, this cutting place, this, this, this secret place on the Kareth Ravine. And the Bible said that, that the Lord was going to send ravens to bring bread and meat in the morning and at night. Man, he had two square meals of Chick-fil-A a day. That's pretty awesome. And so he ate in the morning, he ate at night, but it did not mean that the rain came down. It just means the Lord was renewing him in this season. And so he would drink of the water that he was at and the place that he was staying in. But there came a time where that water began to dry up. And the Lord came back to Elijah and he said this in 1 Kings 17 verse 8. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, arise. Somebody say arise. He says, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread that is in your hand. Verse 12, so she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread. I only have a handful of flour and a bin, a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go prepare it for myself and my son that we might eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear and do as you have said. But make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor the jar of oil shall not run dry. The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor the jar of oil shall not run dry. Father, again, we thank you for your presence and your power that's in this place. Lord, speak to our hearts, open our ears, allow us to receive your word. Give us fresh revelation today. God, strengthen us, equip us. And again today, Father, we thank you the way we came. Let us leave greater because of you. We give you the glory and the praise in your mighty name. Amen. And so what we find out here is that Elijah... He's, he's in this ravine, and the word of the Lord comes to him, and he says, arise, arise, arise. I wanted you to say, arise for the reason of this, is that for some of us, we need to rise up. For some of us, we need to rise up. Because, see, Elijah, he was in this, in this ravine. And this ravine, man, it was a secret place. It was a great place. It was a place he could be alone with God. It was a place where the Lord uh, sent supply into his life. It was a place that he wasn't in lack and he wasn't in want. But there came a moment where the Lord now said, you need to get up from this place because I'm sending you to a new place. And the destination that he was at in the ravine was not his promised land. It was his pit stop. I want to tell you today that some of you have begun to rest in pit stops rather than promised lands. And I want to stir up your heart that the year is not over with yet. And I don't care what measure of blessing that you've stepped into so far, there's a greater measure of blessing that still is yet to come. And so you need to look that the Lord has given you a word that we will be driven all the way till the end of this year into next year. I don't have time to pull off at pit stops. I need to get myself focused so that I can be driven into my promised land. See, pit stops are places to be renewed, but promised land is a place for you to rest. 
Pit stop is a place for you to get replenished. It's a place for you to be revived. It's a place for you to be restored. And that's what he was doing with Elijah. He said, pull off into this ravine. Let me restore you. Let me refresh you. Let me revive you. Let me help work your faith and build your faith up. Because Elijah, where I'm about to send you, your faith is going to be put to the fire. And so Elijah was alone and he was in this place where the Lord was refreshing him. And the Lord was renewing him. Anybody ever gone on a road trip before and you pulled off to a pit stop? You pulled off to a pit stop, right? Maybe you're on your way to, 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 to Orlando or to Tampa or you're driving through the state of Florida and you pull off at one of those, I'm calling it a pit stop because it ain't nothing restful about it. It might look nice on the outside, but when you walk in and it starts to, 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 to smell a little bit, I got some question about that kind of rest. Going in there and, and, and all that they got is fast food and they, they got brochures that remind you that the trip that you planned is not as good as the one that's on this brochure. <laughs> Am I lying? You know, you're like, oh, I didn't want to sightsee at St. Augustine. I knew we should have gone on water slides at the... But you go into these places, but they're not, they're not really restful. They're not, they're not designed for, it's not a rest stop, it's a pit stop. It's a place for you to get quickly refreshed, replenish, hit the road, and continue your destination or onto your destination. But some of us, we pulled off on these pit stops because we feel like in this moment, man, this is good, I'm, 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 getting, I'm getting renewed, I'm getting replenished. But before we know it, we start resting in a place that God was just trying to renew us. We are not at the end destination. There's greater things that are ahead. There is better things that is before you. God's about to do a new thing. And if you can just set your eyes on it and remain determined and not allow yourself to drift back and to give up and say, well, you know what, that was good enough. No, it's not good enough because God's got a greater measure that's ahead. There's greater things still this year. With six weeks left, there are still breakthrough. There is still favor. There are still miracles. Come on, there's still someone's life that needs to encounter Jesus because of your testimony. God still wants to do something through you this year. Lord, help the body of Christ not to rest. Let us, not, let us just be renewed, Father. Let us be renewed. My wife preaches this message that she calls active rest. And really what it means is it means to be proactive, to be proactive in your purpose, but not to be consumed with, with, with urgent matters, you know, because the urgent will distract from what's important. And oftentimes we get so caught up with urgent matters that we find ourselves restless, getting involved in things that we should not be participating in. But when I can begin to look at my life and say, okay, I'm going to focus on the things that God's assigned for me, and I'm not going to get distracted. I'm not going to look left. I'm not going to look right. I'm not going to allow the world to distract me from the purpose that God has before me. I'm going to be active in that. Let me tell you, when you're doing the right things, you'll always be in a restful place. But it's when we get caught up with urgent things, doing things we shouldn't do, that we feel restless. And we feel this place that we're worn out. But God had Elijah in this place that he was renewing him. He, he was refocusing him because he was sending him now. He said, arise. Some of you need to rise up. You got to stop making all of the excuses. You know, what will keep you from rising up is your conditions and your traditions. My conditions is I'm always a victim of whatever it is that's going on. 
My conditions is, is that I'm just going around with whatever is, is happening in the, in the season. My condition is, well, which way is our political system turning? Are we going red or are we going blue? And where do I fall in between all this? And what does God say? Oh, stop all of that. You got to get back to the word of the Lord and say, God, the one condition that is true is that your word remains forever. Your word remains forever. And I'm going to stay anchored and hooked into your word. And so as we look at, at, at Elijah, he, he had to get out of the condition that the water was getting low. Because he could have said, God, now, you know, if you sent ravens, can't you just send, you know, a, a, you know some water in? Can, 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 we, can we bring some water? Can you send a couple of uh, camels into this? Bring some water into this situation? No, he didn't do any of that. He said, no, arise, I'm getting ready to send you. Listen, your traditions will keep you. Your traditions will keep you from what God wants to do. See, sometimes we got caught up thinking that the only way that God works is the first time and the first way that we encounter the Lord. And so we try to recreate our, our encounters with God. Jesus is sitting with Matthew, the tax collector, who he just recruited as a disciple. They're sitting at the table and the Pharisees and John the Baptist disciples roll in to their meal and they say, Jesus, how come your disciples and yourself don't fast as often as we do? And so this whole passage in Matthew 9 actually has nothing to do with about fasting. It's about tradition. How come your men don't do what we're doing? And Jesus responds to him, and he simply says this. He says, no one puts a new patch on new clothes, lest when the patch is pulled, it makes the, the original tear worse. And he says, no one takes old wine and puts it into new wineskins. You put old wine into new wineskins, it's going to cause the wineskin to burst. He said, you need to put new wine into new wineskins. And some of us, we want new wine and old wineskins. We want God to do a new thing based upon how we want it to be done. And Jesus says, you got to put new wine into new wineskins. Now catch this, this is fascinating, by the way. Wineskins was a place for the wine to ferment. And when wine ferments, it expands. And when new wine that has not been fermented yet is placed in a new wine skin, it causes this expansion inside the wine skin, giving the wine skin the shape of whatever the wine dictates. Because as the wine's expanding, the wine skin takes the shape of that wine. You say, what are you trying to tell me this morning, Pastor? Is that the new wine, the word of God, the spirit of God should be shaping you, but we are here trying to shape it. We're here trying to shape the word of God, trying to tell the word of God how to work for us. And God's saying, that's not how it works. My word should be shaping you, should be molding you, should be, 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 be renewing you into who I've called you to be. And so we go through life wondering, God, where are you in all of this? Because we're trying to, to shape God's word. No, God, let your word dwell inside of me and do what you want to do inside of me, Lord. It's not me, but it's you in me. It's not you, but it's you and me. I need the fresh wine of God to shape me, to mold me, to renew me, and to be more like Jesus. And so we can't afford to allow our traditions and our conditions to cause us to be held back. But the word of the Lord came to Elijah and he said, rise up. God wants his church to rise up. It's time that we rise up. God's not looking for a perfect church. He's looking for a powerful church. 
The only day that we're going to be perfected is when Jesus glorifies us in his coming. But right now, God wants a powerful church. He wants a church that's willing to draw a line in the sand and say, I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to live, for, I'm going to live before the Lord holy. I'm going to live separated from the things of this world. I'm going to live my life in covenant with my God. God wants a powerful church. God wants a church that's got a testimony. God wants a church that's not ashamed of the gospel. God wants a church that is willing to step up and step into the community and let them know that God is a good God, that God loves them, that God is a God that cares and will bless and will heal and will restore. God's looking for a church that is powerful, but it's only when you rise up. I want to stir you today, rise up, rise up. Now is the hour, like he told Elijah, rise up, because I'm putting a word inside of you that you're about to speak. And so he sends Elijah to go to Zarephath. You know the interesting thing about Zarephath? The word Zarephath or that city, it means the refining place. The refining place. Now this is fascinating. Zarephath is a city that belonged to Sidon. Sidon was probably considered one of the most wickedest, idolatrous uh, uh, areas, regions. That's where uh, Queen Jezebel came out of. It was a very, very wicked area. And so Zarephath is the refining place. It's a place where all the idols were made. Zarephath is where all the pagan, all, all the demonic activity, all those idols, that's where it was made. Because what it was is that it was a place that they would take all of those metals and they would refine it into the images of the false gods. And so in Zarephath, they would make these idols, they would make all of these different images. And in Hebrew, the word Zarephath means the melting place. Because, again, it was the place that the refiner's fire was so hot that it would cause those metals to be melted and formed into those idols. And God sends Elijah to go into the refining place, into the melting place. Y'all remember that story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the Bible? Remember they said, our faith is in our God alone. We're not bowing down to any images of this world. We serve the, our Lord God. And so what happened? They threw him in a refiner's fire. A refiner's fire, by the way, can burn up to 1,800 degrees Fahrenheit. That's pretty hot. That's why they talk about when the door would open up to that furnace, that, that, the, that, that the soldiers that opened it up, they would burn right on the spot. 1,800 degrees of flame. But what happened? They put Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into this fiery furnace. And as the heat was turned up, the king said, we put three men in there, why do I see four? We see three, we, we put three men in there. Why do, why, why do I see four? Who was the fourth man? It was Jesus Christ. It was the son of the living God who was with them. You say, what are you trying to tell me this morning? Is that when my faith is put to the fire, when my faith is refined, is that people are going to see Jesus in me. People are going to see Jesus with me. People are going to see Jesus for me. I'm here to tell you that God wants you to rise up. He's going to send you to a place that your faith will be tested. It will be tempted. It will be tried. But lose not your heart because God is with you. I love what Corinthians says, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. He says this, that we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that it's the excellence of God and not that of ourselves. He says that we're hard-pressed on every side, but you are not crushed. He says that you might be perplexed, but you're not in despair. You might feel persecuted, 
but you are not forsaken. You might feel like you've been knocked down, struck down, beaten down, but you are not destroyed. What I'm trying to tell you today is, is that when you've got the Spirit of God that's inside of you, He will cause you to rise up. That when the enemy thinks he's formed a weapon that's going to crush you, is going to beat you, is going to cause you to feel confused, God will cause you to rise up again because His grace is sufficient for you. His strength is within you and He's empowered you to be able to walk in success and victory. Tell somebody, rise up. And so as Elijah gets ready to go to the, to, to the place to be refined, his faith was about to be tested. His, you got to think about it. He came out of a place of comfort. Some of you got to come out of comfort. Some of you got to come out of comfort. Because on the other side of discomfort is your destiny. And it's hard sometimes. I often find this is that when I'm in the middle of the fire, it's like I can't even see what the outcome is supposed to be. I feel so burned up with all these things that's going on, but I got to trust that as the Lord's refining me, which by the way, when a metal's refined, all the impurities begin to get stripped away. A fire refines by stripping away what does not belong. And so you might feel like, man, it is so hard right now. Don't lose heart. God's just stripping away the things that don't belong. He's preparing you. He is strengthening you. He's renewing you. He's equipping you. He's preparing you so that you can step into your next season of blessing and you will be greater. You will be greater. I declare today, we will be greater in the mighty name of Jesus. And as Elijah comes in, he says, dwell there. See, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. And so he arose and he went. And as he encountered this woman, I love this. He encounters this woman and she's there and he says, can you bring me a cup of water? I'm thirsty. And as she's on her way, he says, and by the way, travels have been a little long and I'm, I'm hungry too. Brother's hungry. Can you, can, you, can you make me a morsel? And she says, all that I have is this little bit of flour and all that I have is this little jar of oil. And then I'm going to go actually and make a fire and me and my son, we're going to eat that last meal and, and we're going to die. I want to encourage you that maybe you feel like you're in this place that you've just given up all hope and you just feel like you're going to just be like the woman and eat the seed, eat what's what's left and just sit there and die and don't eat your seed, release what remains. Release what remains. She was, she, she was just going to consume what she had and give, all, give up. And, God's, and, and the word of the Lord came through Elijah and, 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 and Elijah said, but first, but first, but first, release what remains. Release what remains. Release what remains. See, she wasn't initially looking at what she had as a seed. She wasn't looking at what she had as valuable. And I came to encourage you today that the very thing that you have, no matter how small or how great, is all that you need in order for God to move in your circumstance or situation. See, the reality of it is this, is that what you have and what God can use is the distance from your heart to your hand. 
So if I believe in my heart what I have is not good enough, then when I look at my hand, I'm never going to see myself as a conqueror. But if I believe in my heart that I am a conqueror, then the very thing that I have in my hand, I can take down a giant with a slingshot. That made no sense on paper for David to kill Goliath with a slingshot, but it made all the sense because David knew in his heart and his hand was an extension of his heart. I want to tell you today that it's the distance from your heart to your hand. Your heart to your hand. Proverbs 23 says this, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. What you conclude internally is how you live your life externally. So if I conclude that I'm a child of God, then I'm going to live like a child of God. But if I believe that I'm a loser, then I'm going to live like a loser. If I declare that I'm a chosen generation and a holy priesthood, then I'm going to live separated from the world, walking in blessing. But if I believe that my life is wrapped up in guilt and shame, then I'm just going to live my life feeling guilt and shame. But God wants you to understand that when it comes down to it, what you believe in your heart, as you think in your heart, so shall you be. And something had to shift with this woman. Something had to change in her mindset. It came down to her perspective. Your potential is found in your perspective. Your potential, your purpose, your promise it is found in your perspective. Are you looking at the situation or are you seeing through it to what God's going to do? And the enemy knows if he can get you caught up looking at the situation, he'll get you so puzzled, so frustrated. Anybody ever try to put together something? For me, it's tending to be more toys for my daughter these days. We got to put together. My, my sister, I love her. She got my daughter this, um, this crib. This baby crib, actually two babies. She got her set of twin babies because she said, when your cousins aren't around, you've got twin babies, Parker and Penelope. And then she bought her this baby crib, this baby swing, and this stroller. And then they had the great idea to open up the box and intermingle all the parts. <laughs> yes! I'll figure it out, bless God. And I'm looking at all this. I'm saying, how does this stuff work? How am I going to put how am I going to put all this stuff together? My, I'm looking at it. 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 <laughs> 17 parts with the letter B on it. Why is there 17 parts? Why can't we have even even number of parts? Why is it odds? Odds throws me for a loop. Don't ask me to build anything. You know they put on there like A, B, C for these parts, and then they never put the tools in there either. And then it shows like a, a symbol of a drill gun. What are we doing here? The drill gun costs more than the actual toy. I had to go out to Home Depot and get a drill gun. And then I had to spend time figuring out how to use that drill gun on YouTube because I don't know how to build anything. So I'm looking at it. I said, Lord, you got to help me see through it. So I just looked at the pictures of what the final product was supposed to be. I crossed my fingers and I hoped for the best. And now there's wheels on the crib and there's a swing that's on the stroller. I don't know. I'm kidding. We got it resolved. What I'm pointing out is this, is that oftentimes the enemy knows if he can get you so puzzled to look at something, you'll never be able to see through it. And so we limit our ability and what God wants to do because we reduce God down to our mindset. 
We reduce God down in, 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 into, in, into just being how I think. And that's why he says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. You need to have fresh revelation of my word so that my word can perform. My word can be at work. My word is the thing that will cause you to rise up so that you can be who I've called you to be. Your potential is found in your perspective. What you believe in your heart, that's how you'll see your hands. That's how you'll see yourself be. And so this woman, I could see her, she takes a breath. Interesting thing is she doesn't even rebuttal to the prophet. She just goes. She says, this is what I was going to do, but okay, I'm going to go. And we find that she, she, she goes, she bakes this cake, she gives it to the prophet. Prophet eats and he says, because of your obedience, your flour will not be empty and your oil will not run dry. When you're willing to release what remains, God will begin to replenish, God will begin to restore, God will begin to renew, God will begin to revive, God will begin to do what he can do when you're willing to do what you can do. If I can release God in these last six weeks, what remains? I want to close just with this last thought this morning. I want to just stir your faith up today. God pressed this so heavy on my heart. What are we doing with these last several weeks as we're preparing to go into this next year? What are we doing? What do we have? What, what, what do I have? If you, were to, if you were right now to look at your, your, your life in this moment and say, this is what I have. This is where I'm at. Could you trust God that he can do more in these last several weeks than you could do in the previous weeks of this year? Maybe some of you have been trusting God all year and God's been doing a mighty work in your life. Praise God. Keep it going and, 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 and allow the Lord to do what he's going to continue to do in your life. But I know that there's some of us that are here today that's really struggled all year long. How do I take ownership? How do I have possession? How do I live this life? How do I, how, and, and we're asking all these questions and we're getting so frustrated because we're looking at our problem. You gotta get your eyes off your problem. You gotta get your eyes on Jesus. You gotta have fresh perspective to know that God is with you in all things today. What do you have that you could trust the Lord with? I've made up my mind, God, I wanna release what remains inside of me. I wanna release, Lord, Luke 5 says there's this story where, where Jesus encounters Peter. And we know the story. It's, it's the miracle catch. And he asks Peter, launch out to the deep for a little bit. And what's Peter say? Peter says, man, we've toiled all night. We've worked all night, but we've caught nothing. And Jesus says, but let down your, your nets. And he said, nevertheless, Lord, at your word, I let down the net. And we know what took place. He let down the net and he caught the miracle catch. Your miracle catch is one net being released away. What are you willing to let back down? Some of you need to lay your faith back down. You've gotten it so guarded. Maybe you've encountered a situation or a circumstance that's caused you to question God. No. Lay your faith back down. Release your faith today. Allow the Lord to do the work that he always intended to do. Allow him to finish it. Let's finish this year with joy, church. I'd hate to step into 2023 saying, I held back. I'd hate to step into next year saying, I didn't give everything that I had in 2022. I'd hate to say that I held back because I did not get committed 
100%. And sometimes we know just enough church to get just enough God, but then we repeat New Year's in the same position, in the same tradition, in the same condition, and nothing changes. I want God to do greater. I want God to do greater in your family. I want God to do greater in your marriages. I want God to do greater in your children. I want God to do greater in our community. I want God to do greater in every area of our life. I wanna be greater, I wanna be better, I wanna be further, I wanna be faster, I wanna be farther than I was this year. But it's when I'm willing to release what remains. You know, I I shared with you about the wineskins. The new wineskin that Jesus is talking about, it's not that it was made brand new, In the original text, new wineskin actually means a renewed wineskin. A renewed wineskin. Well, how do you renew a wineskin? So glad you asked. As I was studying this out, the way a wineskin is renewed for new wine is it has to be washed in the water, cleansed of the old, and then what they would do is they would take oil and they would begin to lather up the inside of that wineskin with new oil, allowing that wineskin not to become dry, allowing that wineskin to be able to have every gap, every area sealed within that wine so that no air could come in, that, 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 that no outer elements could come in, so that that new wine could begin to develop, could ferment, could begin to, to, to become and transform what it was always designed to be transformed as. And so that new wine skin, it would be washed and it would be oiled. And I thought that was fascinating because I thought to myself, Lord, let your word wash over my life and let the oil of anointing come upon me. But the reality is, is new wine can't come in until old wine goes out. Until you were willing to release what remains, nothing new can come back in. And so you can want God to do a whole bunch of new things, but God's saying, what are you doing with the very thing that I've given you? What's the very seed that I've given you? What's the very thing that you are meant to sow, meant to give, meant to release? I want to do a new thing, and I will do a new thing, but what are you doing with the very thing you have? Church, I want to ask you this question. What are you doing with what God's given you? What are you doing with Jesus as your witness? What are you doing with the purpose that he's given you? What are you doing with the gifts and the talents? This is not a, 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 a point of, of a condemnation. This is just simply saying, are we as the body of Christ releasing what God has given us? Because if I want to see something greater come in, I got to first and foremost let the greatness that's already in me out. Thank you for listening. We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, AbundantLife.tv, or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you.